May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, for those of you who come at 10, 15, right to, that's exactly how we do the gospel every morning at 8 o'clock. So, just so you know. <laughs> well done. Got through it. You may have noticed that we're going to be having a pageant here at 4 o'clock today with our kids. They've been practicing very, very hard. I hope you can come and experience that. I think it's going to be very, very special. Um, welcome on this Christmas Eve morning, fourth Sunday of Advent. I want to talk to you this morning about this gospel reading. The big idea today is nothing is impossible for God for those who will put their trust in him. Nothing is impossible for God for those who will put their trust in him. The important part is that last part, for those who will put their trust in him. Mary was from Nazareth. Nazareth was about 15 miles from the Sea of Galilee. It was six miles from a main road. No good water supply. It was backwater in all respects. You would not expect a king to come from here. You might recall somebody saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's what people thought of this place in those days. Mary was probably 13 to 15 years old at the time, and Joseph is probably 16 to 18 years old at the time. She's very excited about Joseph. She's very excited about the marriage. She's thinking about her future. And here comes Gabriel, and everything is about to change. So much for the perfect wedding. So Gabriel appears. He says, and he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. Mary is greatly troubled. What that means is she's scared out of her wits. She's panicking now. She doesn't know what this means. Who is this? What's happening? And Gabriel says, Mary is highly favored. Highly favored by God. Hail Mary, full of grace. How many of you know the Hail Mary? Stand up. Ready? Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Very good. Please be seated. My introduction to that prayer was as punishment. That's the way I saw it anyway. I was raised Catholic, and I would go to, the, I'd go to confession, and I think the priest always knew who I was, and he gave me the same penance. Ten Hail Marys and six Our Fathers. I was very faithful. I did them. I did them all. But this is where... This is where it comes from. Hail Mary, full of grace. You're highly favored. You're going to give birth to a son. Think about that. Here she is. She's a teenager. She's not married. She's never been with Joseph, and you're going to give birth to a son. It's shocking. It's, incred it's in incredulous. Family and friends, what are they going to say? Will I lose Joseph? What about the future? What about my reputation? All these things are now flowing through her head. How shall this be? 
And so we go on in the reading. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called, uh, will be called Holy, the Son of God. In verse 37, Gabriel says, for with God, nothing is impossible. God can do anything he wants. Christmas is actually full of miracles. You have the three wise men. They're looking at Jupiter and Saturn coming into coincidence. About every 800 years that happens. The shepherds, the angels, Elizabeth has a baby in her old age. You're going to have a virgin birth. Those three wise men. They come later on in Jesus' life, and they have three gifts. If you ask Fiona what they were, they were gold, Frankenstein, and Smurfs. It's not exactly what they brought, but it was... (laughs) We've seen a lot of miracles. We've seen our share at Christ the King, both at Living Waters and here in this church as well. Um, both physical miracles and spiritual miracles. I, I learned of one the other day. Normally, Tuesday, Tuesday morning after um, Bible study here at 7 o'clock, I go down to Richard's with two or three guys and have breakfast, but I was by myself in that world. Uh, they weren't here, so I just went down by myself. But there's another table of guys that meet, and there's usually six or eight of them, and I know some of them. So I said, well, I'll just eat with them. And then I walked in and... That big table was there, but only one guy was there. His name was Mike. I'd never really met him before. And we started to talk. And at one point, he shared with me, a friend of his had a three-year-old son who had a, a, a serious blood disorder. Uh, it was going to be proved to be fatal. People prayed over the little boy, and they did blood work, and they sent the blood work to the doctor, and the doctor said, this is a mistake. This cannot be this child's blood work. Do it again. So they did the blood work again, and they sent it, and it was a miracle. His blood work was perfect. Today, that three-year-old is a 45-year-old, 6'5", 240-pound cowboy in Oklahoma. And I love hearing stories like that. I've got two in my life with Liam and Donald right there. Highly favored. Journey to Bethlehem, it's about 70 miles baby's going to be born in a manger, a stable. She's going to have a life. She's going to live a life of obscurity in Nazareth. She's going to see her son tortured and hung on a cross.
it's a painful movie to watch. We used to show that every Good Friday after the service. That's the Passion of the Christ. But it's very realistic as to what happened to the Son of Mary. The world thinks God's favor lies in ease and pleasure. But often it comes to those things that are desperately hard. And we sometimes surprise ourselves with our strength. In those times, we rest on God. I remember when Liam had his accident all those years ago, Kathy went down to Tampa and stayed in Tampa for three months. And when Donald had Guillain-Barre, our middle son had Guillain-Barre, she was up at the, in Gainesville at the Ronald McDonald House for a month. And it wasn't easy. And uh, I remember that, I'll tell you, I've told you before, but that Christmas Eve, uh, Donald was, had Guillain-Barre, he was paralyzed, he couldn't move anything but his right eye lid. And I did midnight mass at All Saints in Winter Park and I got home about two o'clock in the morning and my phone rang and it was him and he said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and then shortly after that, he was miraculously healed. And rather than years of being in the hospital, literally, he was a, it was a matter of weeks. And I remember the doctor took me aside, his doctor took me aside and looked me in the eye and he said, you and I both know that there is no medical explanation for your son's recovery, don't we? This is the priest, talk, this is the doctor talking to the priest. <laughs> yes, doctor. And now he's the captain of the Navy, you know. Very, very hard. We, we had that with Lawson, little Lawson, Jose and Kelly. Uh, Juarez, um, their granddaughter, Lawson Armstrong, Sam and Jessica's baby, uh, for a very, very long time. We didn't know if Lawson was going to live or not. But while Jessica and Sam were dealing with Lawson, Jose and Kelly were taking care of Peyton, Lawson's older sister. And through God's healing, Lawson is now healthy and happy and whole, and she comes to church here. And she's just like a regular little three-year-old girl. And it's, it's been amazing. But everybody didn't, nobody gave up. Nobody gave up. We, we leaned in and we leaned on God. Verse 38. <clears throat> and Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. It's one of the greatest statements of faith in the Bible. And by saying yes, she follows other people in the Bible. She follows Abraham when God said, I want you to pull up stakes with your family from where you've lived your whole life in Ur of the Chaldees and move west and I'll tell you when to stop. Or like Moses. This is now at the age of 80. For 40 years, he's raised in a palace. For 40 years, he's been a, a shepherd. And now he's going to start this other career. And God says to him, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And he does it. Daniel, there's an edict that says you cannot pray to any other God but their God. And he goes home and he opens his windows and he prays and now he's thrown in the lion's den. He trusts God. 
and God delivers him. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When everybody else is bowing down, they're standing, and they're thrown into the fiery, fiery furnace, and they're unharmed because they had faith. The prophets that were faithful unto death. And who knows what might happen here uh, in Ocala. Not sure. There's a new uh, group that's been targeted by those in power, some at least, Christian nationalists. I am one. I love Jesus and I love my country. And we have been told and I've heard it said that Christian nationalists are more of a threat to America than Al-Qaeda. That's not true, by the way. Christian nationalists founded this country. We want to come back to godly principles on the part of the people who make the decisions and are in positions of authority. Just as a side note, New York State is now considering legislation to make Chick-fil-A open on Sundays. The government wants to dictate to a company that you must be open on Sunday when they're closed on Sunday because of their Christian beliefs. We'll see how that turns out. Was Mary special? I don't think so. I think she was pretty normal. But what she was, she, had, she was two things. And this is what God is looking for in us. She was available and she was willing. Are you available and are you willing to be used by God to do his will? And remember, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips those whom he calls. And he can do anything he wants. Christmas is full of miracles. God is calling all of us to be faithful. Mary stepped out in faith into the unknown. And so did we in 2008 when we created Christ the King. We, we stepped out in faith into the unknown. And God was there and God provided. And here we are. Some of you are carrying heavy, heavy burdens this Christmas. For many, 2023 has been unlike any other year in so many levels. Division, isolation, separation is everywhere. Whether it's in family, whether it's the church, whether it's schools, whether it's businesses, whether it's the government, everywhere you look, people seem to be divided these days. But perhaps the issue is health. Some of you are going through health issues right now. Maybe it's financial or work-related or relational. Maybe it's our national situation that you're concerned with. You can take your pick. Think of the people who are out of work, losing their businesses. Sometimes I feel like I'm living in a bubble sometimes here in Ocala, but then you have the shooting at the mall, you know? Sometimes these things seem impossible to solve by human means. Do not despair. Do not lose hope. With God, nothing is impossible. I have a devotion I want to read to you on this passage. 
I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let's not underestimate what it cost Mary to say yes to God. From that moment on, she faced the incredulity of her friends. Oh, Mary, how could you expect us to believe such a bizarre story? The scurrilous gossip of the neighborhood and the whispers of promiscuity that had lasted 2,000 years. I, I was going to mention just real quickly the way marriage worked in those days was not like the way marriage works here. There was engagement, betrothal, and marriage. The engagement was when the father of the bride put the hand, her, his daughter's hand in the hand of the groom, and they became engaged. At that moment, they were betrothed. Betrothal lasted for a year. It was as if they were married, but they could never be alone. They couldn't be alone together. And if the husband or the man, he was considered to be husband and wife, if he died during that time, she was considered a widow who was a virgin. And then you'd have, after a year, the, the husband was building a house or adding to his father's house. You'd have the marriage, and that was when, you know, you have the ten maidens with the lamps, and they're going, and the five wise and five foolish, the big parade to the bride's house, and they go back to the, to the groom's, their new home, and they have a wonderful celebration. That's what she missed out on. Mary knew or would soon realize saying yes to God meant misunderstanding and public shame. Gone was her pure reputation and with it her dreams of a quiet, happy life in Nazareth. In the future, her life would many times be happy, but it would never again be quiet. Since we know the end of the story, we may tend to overlook the possibility of divorce, but Mary had no way of knowing how Joseph would respond to her pregnancy. Would he blow his top and walk out on her? Would he humiliate her publicly? Would he divorce her? As it turned out, Mary had every reason to worry about Joseph. He didn't blow his top or try to humiliate her, but he did intend to divorce her. Only an angel's intervention kept that from happening. That, too, was on Mary's mind. By saying yes, she risked losing the man she loved. Her whole future was on the line. All these things were just the beginning. Mary could not know what the future would hold. Before it was all over, she would experience heartache, opposition, slander, confusion, anguish, despair, and loneliness. In the end, she would face the greatest pain a mother can endure when she watched her son die on the cross. Mary couldn't know all these things. Perhaps if she had known, she might not have said yes. But it's just as well that she didn't. Sometimes we say, I wish I knew what the future would hold for me. But you really don't want to know. It's far better that we don't know what life will bring in the next 10 or 15 years. Mary didn't know the full cost of saying yes. But having made her decision, she never looked back. Those two aspects of her life may be the greatest things we can say about her. One, she believed God when it seemed to be impossible, and two, she never looked back. God said, are you willing to believe the impossible? Mary answered, yes, I am. Without that yes, there would be no Christmas. Mary, did you know? Mary didn't know, but she trusted